0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standig Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standig. I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, and I host this here podcast. I appreciate everybody checking out the podcast. It's week one. NFL season kicks off tonight. Dallas, Tampa Bay. I think I know who we're all rooting for here. I mean, I guess if you're some sort of Peyton Manning AFC East person, you may say I'm gonna root for the Cowboys. But you know, you're listening to the Washington Football Team podcast. I feel confident we know where you're where you're headed, and that's a reasonable uh, call to say the least. I, you know, as somebody who grew up here, you can't root for the Cowboys. If you do, you know, send help. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll help you. It's okay. You're among friends. We'll help. Uh, all right, so here's where we got here. I'm talking to you guys Thursday morning. Uh, we we had practice yesterday. Ron Rivera talked. A bunch of the players talked. Curtis Samuel didn't talk. He didn't even practice much. And we don't, It's looking now a lot less likely that he'll play week one. And now at this point, I think I would question whether he even plays in week two. Um, but all that said, we'll, we'll discuss that in a few minutes. But the crux of this episode is... It's predictions time. We got a it's season preview time. However you want to however you want to look at that. Um, and so that's what we did here. Um, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch at Michael PRTD on Twitter. He and I had a deep dive on all things uh, Washington football team for the twenty twenty one season. Offensive MVP, defensive MVP, uh, rookie of the year. Uh, concerns, strengths, uh, sleepers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick stats, we did over-unders, we did fill in the blanks, and we talked about what we'll all be talking about at the end of this season, you know, based on how it unfolds, and we share how we think it's going to unfold. A really fun conversation, as always, with the always fun Michael Phillips. Um, in addition, uh, my colleague at The Athletic, and Walker, and our friend here, Matt Parrish The Washington Times, chimed in with some thoughts as well on the season so all that and more here on the standard room only podcast which of course you can find on itunes or spotify and of course make sure to follow um or make sure to well follow me on twitter at ben standik and subscribe to the athletic to make sure you're not missing anything i you know look I, even i'm talking about mentioning that we have a deal but right now we do have a deal i think it runs through the start of the football season so if you haven't subscribed yet you know go check out one of my articles i had a new one up on, the, on monday about how what The Washington football team front office helmed by uh, Ron Rivera, it's not just about changing the roster. It's about changing the perception around the league. And I asked people around the league, what do they think about this new look, this post-Bruce Allen look? Have they Are they getting the trust back? Is competency there? Is this the group that's going to take Washington to the promised land? Some good insight from league folks um, and, and sort of some insight into what goes on behind the scenes with Washington. So make sure to check that out over on The Athletic. So I'm talking to you guys on Thursday. Now, we are going back out to practice today. Today will be the final practice of the week. Ron Rivera, um, uh, the team is off on Friday. It's a recovery day. So when I say off, I mean it's it's a no media day. But there's no formal practice, essentially. They did practice on Monday. So it's a bit of an odd week, of course, um, in that regard. Normally, it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday routine. It's not. Um, What that means is this. Today, we'll see whether Curtis Samuel is doing anything. I'm going to guess probably not or very limited based on what we saw yesterday. He, you know, he practiced Monday for the first time. There was, you know, noise about that. Hey, he's out there. What do we think moving forward? And, you know, it seemed like Ron Rivera was at least somewhat optimistic. Um, He went from the previous week saying he's either all in or all out, meaning Samuel, in terms of playing week one against the Chargers. Um, oh, by the way, I didn't even mention, if you missed it, I did a, a, a Chargers preview in my previous episode with our uh, with the Athletics Chargers beat writer Daniel Popper. So make sure to check that out. Also earlier in the week, I did a um, who are the most um, indispensable players on the roster. You can check that out as well. So, um, so there's that. Uh, the, the so R- Rivera, like I said last week, seemed to say Samuel was either all in or all out. Then on Monday, he seemed to say, well, you know, it's a conditioning question more than it's a groin question. Can we get him out there for 20 to 25 plays? So it looked like things were at least headed in the right direction, at least from the standpoint of thinking that he was comfortable enough to play and they may be willing to use him in a little limited role. But then we got out there Wednesday and Samuel definitely did not look right. He was only out there, tried, tried a few things but seemed to pull up with the hamstring injury. Rivera wouldn't give us any real uh, information. He just said they're going to be monitoring things. But, you know, it did not look great, uh, to say the least, and Samuel could only do so much. Um, You know, even if yesterday hadn't happened, right, they kept him out all summer. He's only just coming back. It would seem reasonable to think that maybe you don't want to rush him, especially when there's a Thursday game, so it could make sense to either say don't play him in Week One to give him a little, a few more days of rest and, and and rehab to get ready for the Thursday game, or even to say, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna play it super cautious, not play him for either game, and then get ready for Week Three at Buffalo when we have even more time. Now, I don't even know if that's even an option, and I guess the question has to be asked, and it was asked of Rivera, and he sort of you know declined to really get into it. You know, does it make any sense to put Carter Samuel on IR? Um, it, there is a short term IR in the NFL these days. It's three games. So if you already think he's not going to play these first two games, it doesn't make sense to just say let's screw it. Let's just not even ro- risk it. We'll get him ready for Week Four against Atlanta. And you know, ultimately, you know, when, when you do that, you, you're you're doing a couple things. One, you're sort of just taking the taking the burden off the player. You're saying, look, we're not even gonna don't 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 fret. Work hard, get ready, work with the training staff, but don't go crazy. Um, you're, you're you're doing this to yourself. You're taking the you 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 you're making yourself not overthink this, and you are, I guess, in theory, opening up a roster spot. I don't necessarily know how big of a deal that is for Washington. As we know, they kept seven wide receivers, so they have plenty of depth there. I would imagine if Curtis Samuel is out, you know, we'll see more diami Brown, um, probably than than expected because he gives you some of that playmaking ability. Obviously, Cam Sims is uh, the big red zone target you've got Adam Humphreys in the slot and then behind them you would have you know uh, Dax Milne and DeAndre Carter so um, you know I think those other guys would be the top four and of course it's not you know Logan Thomas and then there's also you know Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick we did a prediction story um, on the athletic as well and when uh, one of the questions um, was like sort of who's a player a, a, a lower key player that will play a bigger role than people think and I I put J.D. McKissick. It wasn't necessarily my first thought, but you know, in light of what is happening right now, like J.D. McKissick was filling the role that they want from Curtis Samuel. But just you know, Curtis Samuel is a faster guy and a bit more of a playmaker. And but you know, McKissick caught eighty passes last year, and he lined up in the backfield primarily, of course, but also he could be split to the slot or moved outside. And this is what they want from Samuel, and you're going to have to figure out other ways to get this done. McKissick was very effective last year with 80 receptions. So I think, um, you know, I think we're going to see probably more of him as well uh, because of the circumstance. So um, look, if uh, we, here's the other thing to mention on Thursdays, now this season, um, I, I can, I guess you know, it's not state secret or anything. Um, Ron Rivera is not going to talk. The NFL rules have changed things. So the coaches only have to talk four times a week. Um, it was five before. So what does four times a week mean? Well, there's game day, of course, and then there's the day after. So like this week, he'll talk Sunday at the game. He'll talk Monday as well. He'll talk Wednesday to kick off the week, and then he'll talk Friday to cap the week. But on Thursdays, he's not going to speak. That's going to be the day. Instead, we're going to get probably the, the, the coordinators, um, at least, uh, you know, Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio, along with players. So my point is for this week, Ron Rivera is not going to speak today, which, which, we, which means we won't get a... Um. Um. We we won't get an update on Curtis Samuel. I mean, unless Scott Turner says something uh, until um next week or until Friday. I mean, sorry. So that's why i be like, all right. Let me just do this now. You know. You know. If, if there's a dramatic update, I guess maybe I'll have to debate whether to to do to, to another podcast. But that's why it feels like we're, we're, it feels like we're in a safe place and can deal with this now. So anyway, so that's the deal with Curtis Samuel. Um. You know, but obviously it's a big deal because they signed him to a big contract and you want him to be out there. Other than that, Washington's obviously pretty healthy at this point. You know, they put Derek Forrest on IR um, to start the year, but I don't think that's like a massive blow. A fifth round rookie, uh, safety, special teams player. They've got depth there. Other than that, they look to be pretty good. Um, you know, for matchups to watch, I would say go listen to my conversation with Daniel Popper. Um, we got into what to think of Justin Herbert, Washington, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the, the wa- Washington's offensive line, uh, the secondary, Brandon Staley, the first-year coach for the Chargers, what to to expect out of him, et cetera. So um, good conversation there, and hopefully you guys are going to find this this conversation a fun one as well. Let's get into it. Here we go. My conversation with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Dimes Dispatch, talking
0: predictions. We're going to do that right after this. All right. As promised,
1: it is time for the 2021 Washington football team season preview here to help me do that. None other than Michael Phillips with the Richmond Times Dispatch. We are standing outside the media tent. It is way cooler outside right now than it was inside the tent uh, earlier. So uh, I guarantee you're going to hear a lot about this tent over the course of a season, <laughs> if, I, if, 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 if I know myself. But for now, we're going to focus on this team. Michael, first off, how are you feeling? How are you, how are you feeling as you're uh, heading into the year here?
2: Uh, best shape of my life. Play, you know, I'm ready to go. Don't mind those nagging injuries. I'm sure they're nothing. It'll be no big deal. I feel like we're in the circus here. We're under the big top in the tent. Uh, it's it's going to be eventful. I, I, I'm going to love sharing a tent with you all year we're going to make the best
1: of this (laughs) well it'll be interesting to say the least all right we've got a lot to get to Um, i I came up with a bunch of random questions we're just going to go through these here and and see what see where it takes us Um, let let's start with let's start with the quarterback i hear people like quarterbacks got a bunch of over-unders here we'll we'll start with those ryan fitzpatrick you've heard of him we're not going to ask how many kids he's going to have by the end of the year that number could change you never know (laughs) touchdown passes plus interceptions. Now, obviously, it's when a guy who hasn't played 16 games a lot, he reminded us today, I asked a question, like, how do you plan for a season? Do you think about it week by week or you know quarterly? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of a week-to-week kind of guy. I look at my career. Yeah. So it's hard to project for a season. But if we project what could happen, 39.5 touchdown passes plus interceptions, you are, a uh, uh, like myself, would like to perhaps drop a wager here or there. Would you go over or under 39.5 touchdown passes and interceptions.
2: I'm going with an over, and that's a bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick both being healthy and being the starter. And I think those two things, are you can disassociate them from each other. One, he stays healthy. He stays healthy, and he gets to play 17 weeks. And two, he's good enough that they don't bench him. Thus, he gets the 17, the 17 weeks. I, look, I don't know that he'll play. All 17 things happen. It's the NFL, uh, but I think he'll play a, a majority of them. I I think he can get to that number in 14 or 15 games. Just just the way he's put up numbers over his career. So it's it's an over for me, and it's a bet on him playing all the games.
1: I mean, if you say 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, that gets you there. That seems like reasonable. right. All things for him. That's that. that shows some level of being aggressive and being efficient throwing the ball but at the same point you know he's got a penchant for throwing the pick or two or three or fourteen or whatever it may be (laughs) so um, yeah I mean I, I think so I mean I guess just to put a cap on Fitzpatrick my basic take would be The Fitzmagic aspect of it all, the Fitzmagic, the Fitz-Tragic. I haven't seen anything throughout preseason at camp that makes me think that's not going to be the case. I had somebody ask me the other other day, is there any chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick evolves to a different quarterback at this point? I'm like, "I, I don't see it at all. He is who he is at this point. And for better or for worse, they just got kind of hope he minimizes the mistakes, especially when you have a defense that's good. Um, but I'm curious, like at one point, and this is not a, a bit, but at one point earlier, Kim, you were kind of on the Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. side of things. Did Has something changed for you other than the fact that there is no sign that he's going to play? Or do you just think Fitzpatrick has done enough for you to think, injury aside, he's the guy for the season?
2: I still believe the most important thing in all of professional sports is having a long-term quarterback. And I think we can both agree that person is not Ryan Fitzpatrick. And And look, we can debate to quarterbacks till the cows come home we're very good at that Aaron Rodgers you know draft picks blah 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 look it might be Taylor Heineke I'm not even saying it is Taylor Heineke he's a fragile little dude but it might be Taylor Heineke I think you owe it to yourself to figure out at some point this year if it's Taylor Heineke or not I don't think they will though I think they'll stick with Fitzpatrick and and it's going to be a roller coaster ride. I think this is going to be like a baseball player. Let him hit out of his streak here. If he has back-to-back games with three interceptions, I don't think Ron's going to bench him. I think Ron's going to let him throw his way out of it, and I think he will too. I think that's just who he is. I
1: had a, a question here: Taylor Heineke, one and a half starts, but sounds like based on what we were just saying, I don't know if either one of us would go over. So, I'm me, under. So let me go with this: If another quarterback starts a game this year, is it Taylor Heineke or is it Kyle Allen?
2: It's Heineke, unless. Fitzpatrick gets hurt early in a game. Heineke comes in and has to stay healthy for three whole quarters in order to earn the start the next week. That that you know, that, That's our potential here where this could go very wrong. Heineke's the number two. This is the, as clear-cut a hierarchy as I've, I've seen.
1: I'll say this just to be different. If the start, this random start we're discussing, comes to place in the second half of the year, I'll go Kyle Allen. All I, right. I, 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 I just think he was making strides, and the injury took him back. And I just think, not that he's... Consistent, but I think it's a little more stable when he's there versus the other two, or at least you have a better sense of what it is. So,
2: it's just such bad franchise management, though. Everybody knows what Kyle Allen is, he's a very nice backup quarterback. I wish him a long and productive 10 year career here of mostly not playing in football games. He's not, I, look, you know, we had the, this was a Kirk Cousins thing to everybody. Oh, yeah, you said that about Kirk Cousins, and I still say that about Kirk Cousins, he's not worth what they're paying him, he's not that elite guy. Find your elite guy, it's not Kyle Allen. Let him enjoy his time on the bench. He'll be there when you need him.
1: All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, there's been was talk earlier in the camp because about how many sacks Case Young and Montez ah, Sweat are going to get. That's because they brought it up. <laughs> um, they, they 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 mentioned that. I, I, I struggled with this number. I feel like this may be low. It's maybe this may be one of these wagers where I need to say if you want to go over, it's like a minus one fifty situation. But you know, don't
2: you worry, man. I'm. hit. Say your line.
1: All right, twenty 22 and a half sacks for Chase Young, Montez wet
2: combined. Under. Under? Oh, well, so apparently not. I get plus money now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, one of the two of them is not going to finish in double digits because there's just there's so many mouths to feed here. There are. I, I think Chase Young's probably a, you know, a good bet to get 10, but what if he doesn't? What if he gets double teamed all year and, and Tess is the one who gets the 10? I don't know, 22's a reach. Can, can I give you my fun prediction? Absolutely. Landon Landon Collins gets more than two sacks this year.
1: Okay. There you go. Well, look, he is basically a linebacker. Oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to say that out loud. That's I might, I might get electric shocked if I say that around here. Um, interestingly enough, I was working on uh, something else. We we're having a prediction story go up on the athletic, and I was it's discussing. And I was just, yeah I, People are doing that this time of year. I thought we were original. I guess not. <laughs> um, and I was and I was discussing Montez Sweat in one of the categories. In my head, I was thinking, well, how many sacks am I projecting here? And I was thinking 12 if I went yeah, high end. Sure. But then. That means Chase Young's got to get 11 yeah. to get there, and that is tough. I mean, Daron Payne's not going to get a ton of sacks. John Allen didn't get really money last year. But they also don't really have that. There's no Ryan Kerrigan this time. So that's partly why I kind of want to go over, and just to be fun, I will. But uh, uh, like I said, if it was a minus 150, I don't know if I would be paying that extra. Uh, if it's a you know, sort of even money thing, I, I would probably say roll Then go, why, why not?
2: You're correct. There's no third sack or sharing the snaps here. They'll get close to 100% of those snaps it's this isn't the NFL that, that the tandems were getting 25 and 30 in when those records were set quarterbacks get the ball out really quickly now especially if they got Chase Young going on all
1: true all right let's stay on the defense Cole Holcomb over under his rank among Washington tacklers this year one and a half meaning if you say well, if he's saying under, you're saying he's leading the team in tackles. If you're saying over, then he's not leading the team in tackles. Um, uh, since you went first on the other two, I'll I'll, I'll take the the uh, the, the, the I'll, I'll take the start here. I'm going under. I think Cole Holcomb leads his team in tackles. I think he's the only linebacker I see playing all three downs. I mean, John Bostic made by have no choice initially. Eventually, I would hope. And actually, sure. they hope that Jamin Davis gets there. But Holcomb is the one, whether they're doing these five defensive lineman looks or six defensive backs or whatever, he's the linebacker staying. And I think he is poised for, if I say a breakout year, I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl, but I think he's poised to have a pretty big year. So I'll go Cole Holcomb leads his team in tackles.
2: If you had asked me, Michael, who's going to lead the Washington football team in tackles, I would have told you Cole Holcomb's going to. Like, he's the guy. Am I ready to take him over a collection of, 10 other guys i i don't know like that's that's a lot of lottery tickets i get to pull there so uh, g- give me the under but I, I think you're absolutely right i think i think i'll uh, lo- log some tackles this year
1: um all right let's go to the offense uh, uh again so obviously you know uh, we're, we're talking these individual things but i would say at least for me the biggest question for this team this year is can the offense do enough consistently and efficiently To keep up with, you know, to complement a defense, you know, whatever you want to say, top five, top 10, should be pretty good. Last year, Washington averaged uh, 20.9 points a game, which was 25th. Not very good. Um, The the middle of the pack was the Falcons at 24.8. If they can get to 24.8, just at least say middle Mm -hmm. of the pack, whatever that may be that would be will pretty they good be
2: a top 16 offense right could he yeah. yeah. could
1: at least be good <laughs> you know as opposed to what we saw last year so over under 24.8 points which was again what 16th place was last year so that's the question will Washington over under offense what do you say
2: I think I'll go that they will I I don't know I I wrote in my season preview, I think the offense overachieves and I think the defense underachieves this year. Uh, a variety of factors for that. But I'm I'm going to put some chips on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the boys. I, I I think they put some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I like the way you phrase that because I keep saying, I think people are, to a degree, especially national pundits, overestimating this team because they're looking at the defensive stats from last year, ignoring all the backup quarterbacks they faced and things like that. On the other hand, the offense – As we stand here right now, Curtis Samuel, I don't feel too comfortable about him playing in week one. And since it's a short week in week two, we'll have to see about that. But he's a a big piece that they added.
2: You're not playing week two.
1: You you wouldn't you wouldn't think so in the, in this scenario, um, and so they've got to get him him out on the field. But look, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J D. McKissick. I mean, that's you know that's a good that's a good pieces right there. But now they have a quarterback to help unlock more things. Um, I think there are questions for me about the offensive line, but all that said, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go optimistic. I'm feeling I'm feeling in good spirits today. I, mean, <laughs> I, feel, I think it's the cool weather now yeah, that, re- relative to being indoors. Uh, so I'll go under. I'm sorry. I'll go over. I guess my question would here would be. The level of efficiency which is not factored into this stat but it's not just enough to score the points you can't turn the ball over a lot and that's of course where the fitzpatrick uh component will will be here um all right um dustin hopkins uh they uh, they currently have two kickers on this roster well, on, on the broad roster including the, the, meaning the practice, practice squad, squad yeah. asked rivera about that today he said eddie pinero is here for a case of emergency well, we'll see how quickly there the emergency is.
2: emergency is Dustin Hopkins misses a field goal. That's the emergency. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, that is a very, good, uh, uh, a very good point. So basically the, the question is Dustin Hopkins games 16 and a half. Obviously injuries could skew this uh, thing uh, under.
3: Ding, ding, the
2: under on that for me. Look, there will come a point and a time this season where they need a scapegoat and who better than the kicker. That is how That is how football works. If you're hired to be fired, especially at that position. <laughs> um, I like him too.
1: You know, so here's, here's what I would say to that, I, I, as I ponder what to answer this. When, I'm going to answer this, under when, when Ron Rivera said uh, last week with all the practice squad cuts, basically, are you going to bring, if, if not back, Stephen Montez, are you going to bring back a quarterback? His answer to that was, I believe, something of, well, we don't need to. We have the three, but also, like, it's, last year you, it was hard to get a guy in here, but now with the, rule, with the rules as yeah. they are, you don't need to have a guy. Yeah. Here he's saying, well... We're gonna have the emergency guy just in case, anyway. Now, again, I understand you, it's, it's slightly different because you have multiple backup quarterbacks, but it, it does seem like a, enough of a, enough of a inconsistency for me to be like, you know what? I'll go under. Yeah, I wish Dustin follow, Hopkins. Follow the, that I wish Hos- Hopkins the best, obviously, yes. but at the same point, uh, yeah, they, bringing in the
2: second kicker to me. Uh, He'll land somewhere. He'll land somewhere because another team will also be scapegoating their kicker. That is how this carousel works. Kickers just just change uniforms every few years
1: it, it, it is like that's why it's almost bizarre that he and Treshway have been here yeah. as long as they have it doesn't you don't see that combination no. um stay there all right last over under this is a brand new uh, entry here because of things that have happened <laughs> over the last 24 hours <laughs> Tanya Snyder, one-on-one interviews for the remainder of the year. I will caveat this. One-on-one interviews, not with for the me in-house. media with anybody? Anybody. Okay. Not with the in-house media. She cannot be talking to anybody here with the, that's going to go up on the Washington football team website. Yeah. No Julie Donaldson one-on-one, sure. none that's of that. Fine. Outside media, whatever that may be, over under a half an interview. So basically, I would just say if you paid attention to us on Twitter, I don't think a lot of us thought it was a great
2: uh, rollout.
1: Of her, of her of her interview, I don't
2: think I'll be getting an interview. Uh, I, I say that with a good right. good deal of confidence. Be,
1: be, between the two of us, I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling it's not going to be going to to us. But what do you think? Uh, will, will we have yeah. will we see a Tanya interview, Snyder yeah, interview yeah, we, again?
2: We will, yes, over. I, we'll we'll see another one. They they seem pretty intent on rolling her out, and uh, I think she'll get more and more comfortable with. It. I think she is a good communicator. Uh, I I think that the things she was communicating were what got her in hot water. um But I. I think she is warm and likable just as a person holding a conversation. I, I think more Tanya's is probably a good thing for this franchise help, uh help people see maybe there, there's a, a little bit of a human in charge somewhere. Um,
1: I spouted off on this in the previous podcast and nobody needed to hear from me again. Do you have any Twitter-sized thought on this or whatever about the interview that happened or just
2: any takeaway? Even if it's to say, I can't believe how much we all talked about this, whatever it is. Columns at Richmond.com. She's so lucky that the name thing happened because if we weren't focusing on the name thing, we'd be focusing on the other things she said. And those reflected way worse on this organization. Absolutely. All
1: right. So go go read that. Alright, we're, we're done with the over-unders. We'll get to some fill in the blanks here. And in fact that Michael, I have commercials now in the podcast. So no, we're so we're gonna yeah. So we're gonna do the we're gonna get to the fill in the blanks right after this.
2: I thought the green room was pretty nice.
1: <laughs> All right. We are back. Uh, fill in the blanks. Let's just go for some awards here. Yeah. Offensive MVP. There's actually a few candidates. I mean, I obviously agree. you can go with the quarterback. There's McLaurin. There's Gibson. Uh, could be you, Curtis Samuel. You can
2: defend Logan Thomas as a pick here. Yeah. I don't think it is him. I'm, I'm going to take McLaurin. I just think he's so good. I, I don't think. I think people sleep like everybody knows Terry McLaurin's good. People sleep on how, like, how good he is at his craft like he is precise in his routes he is thoughtful and studious in the things he does and he's also very physically talented he's so good at playing football it's fun to watch
1: yeah I I I would have if you had asked me this a month ago I I would have said Antonio Gibson I really just consider what Gibson did last year it's still like learning the position like wow you know that's really impressive but it is hard for me to go against McLaurin considering the stats he's compiled with not exactly a stellar cast of quarterbacks around here, and not that Fitzpatrick is Aaron Rodgers, but he should be a pretty big upgrade just from an aggressiveness standpoint, if nothing else. And McLaurin also has a lot more help now than he did Especially his rookie year, and even over last year, so I'm with you on on that. And let's see if we have a disagreement here on the defensive MVP. Obviously, just on the line alone, there's a us. bunch of guys. But really, uh, well, I don't know. What do you got,
2: Chase? Yeah, who are you taking?
1: I'm going Montez Sweat.
2: Oh, buddy! All yeah. right. I mean, go on.
1: Obviously, it's 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 one of those calls where, like, if again, it would be like an odds thing for sure. My Montez Sweat's not going to be the top guy on the board. I just think he's poised for a huge year, and I think if we weren't talking about Chase Young as much as we talk about Chase Young, we'd be talking about Montez Sweat and the Pro Bowl conversation and things like that. I think last year he showed a lot, and I think I think I I think the 12 sack thing is legit. I think he's going to battle a lot of passes down. Uh, my guess, the only question is how many games will he play ultimately? I mean, just like for anybody, but you know, look, he's COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, he has said he yeah. he's he the one who has obviously come out and said, at least as of last time we checked in with the last couple of times. He's he, not. He's not into it, and therefore, you yeah. Know, but
2: every game he doesn't play is a game his teammate's not going to play either. There, so, there, so there, there's that.
1: There, there, there is. There, there is that. Um. Yeah. Having those two in the buddy system may not be ideal. But yeah, I, I just think Montez Sweat is poised for a big year again. I would not knock the Case Young call at all. It just maybe it's contrarian or I don't know what, but I'm going with Montez Sweat.
2: Do it. Rookie of the year is that next? Rookie of the
0: year. Yeah. The
2: rookie of the year for Great this movie. place. Henry Rowan Gardner. Yes. Pitched for the Chicago Cubs, broke his arm. Do you remember that I one? I do. Oh yeah. Crazy. I mean I didn't really I it was a little I was a little too old for that
1: one at that yeah, point, okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and that was a kid who was in American Pie, right? Was it? I think so, wasn't wow, it? Wow,
2: I didn't know that. That's a good poll. Uh, well who uh, knows if I was. We'll, if, we'll if, bring JP Finley in who's turning forty here, we'll get we'll get all the all all the ages. He he would be the American Pie age. Um Rookie of the year, I, I think I think I got to go. You know, it's not a glamour position, but I think Sam Cosme has looked really good. Um, I think he's acclimated well to the NFL game. I've, I, you know, my everybody knows my stance on this, which is it's really freaking hard to be an offensive lineman rookie in the NFL. Like you're going to take some lumps, um, but I'd, I'll admit to being impressed by what I've seen so far.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we we, we uh, You and I were both back there today when Brandon Sheriff was talking, and he had, you know he said, "Hey, yeah, I saw this kid have some struggles early on, but he's picked it up." And I think we all kind of uh, saw that. Uh, uh, Are you uh, taking Cheeseman? Uh,
2: oh, you know what? I didn't even
1: think about him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's if, a...
2: if Cheeseman is rookie of the year, things didn't go great. Wow, Could
1: not, <laughs> not at all.
2: Yeah, that would be that
1: would be a funny one to go the other way. Who would be the who would be the worst case scenario? That would if, definitely be if, the long if snapper. If
2: shines the most of, of any of the rookies, the most fun would be Jared Patterson if, if he gets out there and just just lights it up. Or, that would sa- the,
1: or, or okay. Sam. Or Reyes.
2: Oh, Samus Reyes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, that would be such a great story. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I'm going with uh, Benjamin St. Juice. I just think he's oh, going to yeah. play a ton. And, you know, I mean, obviously, corner is a exposed position, but he looks to be pretty good already, and they seem to have a lot of confidence in him. I think he's going to be that sub-package. I think he's going to be out there a ton that could also be a bad thing if they're going to look to pick on the rookie. I mean, you know, but that said, I think he's uh, got a good shot to be out there. ton. obviously, like you said, Cosme's going to start and therefore play and You, you wrote
2: about him at the athletic.com. People should check that out.
1: <laughs> it was an engaging story. Ah, um, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we at here? Um, okay, uh, okay. Here, here's let's go talk about the schedule. Yes. I don't know if you've heard. People think it's a tough one. I think that's fair to say. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks. Uh, what do you think is the key game or the key stretch on the schedule? Go for it.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think it's fascinating that this NFC East five at the end thing because it's gonna. Well, the NFC East is bad. I think I think you would agree with me on that. Do you think an NFC East team gets to 11 or 12 wins this year? I do not. I'd, I'd say no. So, so even if 10's the bar for the division, if you're sitting on 5 coming into the last 5, you can convince yourself this thing's still in play and this thing could very well still be in play. So, you know, it's hard to look at it as anything other than that last stretch is the key stretch. Um, You got a weird one coming out of Thanksgiving where Seattle's here for Monday Night Football. And look, Seattle's good and they win a lot of football games, but I don't know that that's an unbeatable team. And then you're on the short week to Vegas, um, which the short week to the West Coast is not ideal, but again, you would say that's a beatable team. And I think, you know, depending on where we're sitting at that time of year, that could be a make or break stretch where you need to in one or two of those chips to make sure you're in position coming down the stretch.
1: Um, When I did a podcast uh, earlier in the summer with uh, Lindsey Jones, um, I mentioned because she's a Denver person that that Denver game is sneaky interesting because of where it fits in the schedule. It's in between the KC, the Green Bay, and the Tampa game. But I won't do that one again. I'm actually going to go these first four games. Because if you look at the, the Chargers, the Giants, then the Bills, and the Falcons, other than the Bills, those are three. Those other three teams that are not teams people are pegging for the playoffs. And if they don't come out at least at two and two, maybe they almost need to be three and one because then you look what's coming after that. I don't know where the Saints are going to be, but then you get in a four week stretch or four game stretch. You have to face Mahomes, Rodgers, and Brady. I'm not feeling confident about that point. And then the Denver games on the road. So I think they really have to go at at least two and two here to get to where you're sort of talking about the end of the year. Because if they don't do that, then you know, I don't know where they're going to be.
2: I agree, man. I'm going to channel my inner John Gruden. I'm excited for this game Sunday. I'm excited to watch some football. Like This is a <laughs> great matchup that we've got on Sunday. One, it, it's two teams that don't know each other. It's two brand new things. I know we're through a very second year, but but Fitzpatrick's first year, new coach in San Diego, great young players. This is an even game. Vegas is scoring as a pick right now. I believe that. This is a game either team could win. This is gonna, This is a fun way to open the season with with a football game that that I walk in there that day, yeah, I'm going to walk under that tunnel, FedEx Field, take my 19 COVID test. When I get up to the press box, I'm going to think, I don't know what I'm going to see today. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, the
1: only thing, way this could be better would be if we were going to L.A. for it. Other um, than no that, arguments i are going
2: to Vegas so you can't complain. Yeah,
1: uh, a- absolutely. Um, okay, let's go with this one. Um, uh, who is a player that we're not talking about enough entering the season that's going to play a bigger role than we're all, than the way we're talking about them? I
2: think you know my guy, it's Landon Collins, and we do talk about him, but man, I think Landon Collins is going to have a good football season. I, I think he understands the pressure that's on him. I think he understands that he needs to be not just good in coming back from this Achilles, but great to justify the contract and the money uh, and, and the legacy that he had talked about here with Sean Taylor and all that. I, I think he's I don't know if he'll get there, but man, I think I think he's working his butt off to do it. I, I, I'm pulling for him to to come through on that because I know it's been a rough couple of years for him. Uh, to Landon's my guy.
1: Just to p- push back on that a little bit, or play some devil's advocate, oh, he was so. already str- he was struggling last year Very before so. the injury, Very and in the previous so. year to that wasn't also living up to the expectations oh, close. so to coming off an achilles injury yeah. like we have seen like nba players like kevin durant come back and look like they're all level self but this is a different sport and he's yeah. got a his speed already wasn't a thing he was already having some issues in the past catching yeah. I, i'm with you he's looked good so what we see he's look spry he's made plays in the open space but that's my only question is over time is he going to be a guy who was already having some of these issues is going to be able to hold up
2: you ha- you are asking fair questions i agree
1: um, I, I would probably say Cole Holcomb, but I already talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I'm only on the mullet. May, I may have to man. grow one here. It's uh, man! At, at some point, what's your subtle fret for this team? So, like, it's easy again to say the offense, or whatever. But like, what's a thing that you're like, eh? Like, I, maybe we, maybe we should talk about this a little bit more. Yeah,
2: it's the COVID thing because it, it, it Chase go, Chase and Montez are going to be close contacts, whatever that means. I don't know what it means, but I know they are close contacts. They hang out a lot. If one of them gets contact traced, the other one's going down too. I, you're going to play a game without the two of them. I don't, I don't feel as good about that game all of a sudden. Right.
1: And you know, we should say opposite. We don't know for sure at this point, who's, uh, who who's uh, taken the vaccine, who hasn't. And even as we know, even if you have taken it, um, it, it is different with the rules. If you, if you test, if you, um, Test positive, or you're a close contact. You know, you can come back quicker with some negative tests versus if you haven't. Um, you know, we may never find out who has or who hasn't unless they tell us. The team's not going to tell us. But yes, based on what we know to this point, uh, the, you know, th- that definitely seems um, li- likely. Um, I-, I probably mind. I-, I don't know if it's subtle. I just go back to the offensive line. You know, as interesting as some of those guys are you've got two new tackles in the left guard spot's not exactly a lock and uh mm-hmm. i don't know i feel, I feel like we have I, I feel like the Charles Leno thing i'm not saying it's a negative i'm just saying teams don't generally let really good left tackles go and the bears did and you know he's he's sort of the Morgan Moses of that side which means he could be good but other times he may be not so good in 2019 Pro Football Focus rated him like 89th among all tackles. So, you know, whatever that means, you can go with that. Last year he was like 30th, and a cat literally just ran through here. I have no idea where that dude just came from.
2: That's wild, man. Is that your cat? It better not be. <laughs> for a variety of
1: reasons, unless my cat missed me that much, which yeah. would be kind of kind of sweet and adorable. Um, all right, we're get, we're winding down here. What do we got here? You you can pick this one. We got a couple left. Any, which one do you want to go with? Well,
2: we got to do record predictions. What we're here for. I took nine and eight. Did you take nine and eight too? I, I don't know if
1: I've said that officially, oh, yeah. but I think I think I think so. I mean, basically, it's nine and eight. You, you oh, gotta I, pick
2: a side. actually,
1: I did on with she the other day. I, I I just kept saying I don't know. if You want to tell me nine and eight, eight and nine? But I went for the optimism. You know, when you're coming out of training camp, it's hard to not be. Everything feels and, good. Yeah, everything feels good. And, and look, they, other than the Curtis Samuel thing, which feels like a I don't want to say a minor issue, but it's not. It, it feels like it to be a couple week thing. Not he's out for the year or anything. You know, knock on wood, they they're pretty healthy. I mean, really healthy right now going into the year. So, you know, that's a positive sign. So, I'll go 9-8 and for some of the reasons we said. The offense does a little bit better. The defense, even if they're not stellar, is pretty good. So, I'll go 9-8. and What that – that could be good enough to win this division. I guess you really got to tell me what happens with (laughs) with Dak Prescott. Yeah. I I feel like the Giants have a shot. Eagles, I'm out. I I see some people picking the Eagles for the playoffs. I don't understand that at all.
2: You need Jalen Hurts to just go all-world, have like an RG3. Yeah, he'd have to be like
1: Lamar Jackson type deal, and I don't – I'm not. Can I um, double
2: click on Curtis Samuel for a minute? No. Curtis Samuel games played this season, nine and a half over or under? Uh,
1: I mean, I'll go over cause that's cause nine and a half, but the fact that I even have to think about it for half a second.
4: Uh,
1: yeah. What about you?
2: I'm taking your money. Thanks. Yeah. You're going under. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. You know, if you're asking the question, the lingering injury that has been one week away for, for nine weeks now. No, no way. Uh, it.
1: And, You know, I get when teams, of course, during the season, don't want to tell you. Like, I get right now they don't they want to be coy about this. I don't know why you need to be coy about this a month ago. He's we, he'll be out he'll be out a month. Okay, what's the difference? Like, I mean, just tell us and then we can move on. But like the way, I don't know, it makes you question what's happening, the way it was rolled out. And I don't think that's I'm asking a, uh, a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, let's get to the to the last one. So we just gave the record prediction, but when this season ends. We both just said 9 and 8. That could mean uh-huh. a few things. But when the season ends, what is the number one story we're talking about?
2: Setting aside the name. Setting aside the name. The number one story we'll be talking about is Aaron Rodgers. Because I think it makes sense on so Many levels. It just does. You got all the Cal connections. You got a team that's ready to plug in a veteran quarterback. You got a guy in Fitzpatrick who I think is going to do well, but maybe not well enough to like totally cement that he needs to be the guy for another year here. I think they're going hard after Aaron Rodgers after this year. I'm ready for it. I I
1: think I was going to say quarterback in general because. Whatever Fitzpatrick is, unless they go 12 and five and he just, just lights yeah. out, it's hard to see what the scenarios we're not going. Well, they have to figure out somebody. And if you do well, like let's even if they go nine and eight, you're probably out of the mix to get a, a top ten pick. Yeah. Thus, not getting whatever the, one of those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, if you do well, do you even want a rookie quarterback because you're trying to take another level? On the flip side, if they have a seven and ten year. Uh, you know, then what? I mean, are, are you trying to get the you know, how does that work? So, yeah, I, I feel like the quarterback and a veteran quarterback at that, whatever that may be, the question is who is actually available. Rodgers obviously seems like a very likely candidate based on everything we know to this point, but at the same time, you know, uh, who knows.
2: Percent chance Ryan Fitzpatrick is this team's quarterback in 22? Um, It's not zero.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go
2: twenty. I
1: mean, it's not like it's impossible, but... Yeah, yeah,
2: I think there's a clear path to it.
1: Right, I mean, yeah, especially with with the backup situation that it is. Even if they draft a quarterback next year, you know, that guy would have to be lights out for, for anybody to say he's been and we're probably not talking about a first round pick um, if we're even saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick would start again so yeah 20% yeah
2: that feels right I right. go with that
1: um, all right you made you made the final roster with that with that uh, performance I really appreciate that <laughs> um, obviously go read Michael the Richmond times dispatch anything else oh wait we do have one last question that you only you are uniquely qualified for this what is you are the king of the bits, so Lord what? So we don't know. Bits happen organically. You can't predict it. But what? What's the? What's the? What? What? What has the most bit potential? Whether it's a player, a situation, could be one of us. If you want to pick on me or anybody else in this media room, I, I speak for everybody. You're allowed to do that as well. What? What do you see as the biggest bit potential, or the one you're most intrigued by this you year? You know
2: who's kind of funny today? Who? Brandon Sheriff. He was. He was. I, Brandon Sheriff. I've, ma- I've maintained this for six years. Is a funny human being. He just does not. He has always shut down talking to the media. I am hopeful that we have created a thaw in the Brandon Sheriff relations. That he is going to be funny with us every single week, and it's going to be fantastic.
1: If we get him a lot, that would be good. I get. I, I feel like once the season starts, he's going to shut down because the questions uh, no, will happens, be. The questions today were a little more. Yeah, you know, there was like the answers involved things like Bush Light. And he's gonna—he's willing to wear a Conor McGregor gear, like right, with Fitzpatrick, if you yeah. get a triple X. I just feel like in week four, hey, so you guys gave up four sacks. What happened? Uh... I feel like we're getting to close off, but that would be good.
2: I, an eternal bit for me is always the Washington Post rolling 19 people deep to cover a bad football team. You know, and you know maybe this would be a playoff football team, but I've always, I've always laughed coming to the 4-9 and nine press box and the Post is rolling like 19 people deep. That's, that, that's a quality bit for me. They
1: did have four people here today?
2: Four people here today for a Wednesday practice with, with no, no ground broken. I guess in fairness, the Athletic had three. Woo! All right, look out. Taking them on. Taking them on. Meanwhile, I got to shoulder this whole load for the entire state of Virginia, man. It, it ain't easy.
1: Well, and that's why you, you are somebody that people need to pay attention to. Uh, <laughs> obviously, go follow Michael on Twitter. Uh, hold on, Michael PRTD. You got it. Oh, uh, you oh, know, yeah. can't remember these things. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's the guy to go to for all things uh, training camp, stadium. I'll be at
2: NASCAR this weekend. NASCAR's coming through Richmond on Saturday. A NASCAR Saturday, Game Sunday. It's a good weekend. Who's
1: the, uh, I don't, I, I don't even know if I can name three NASCAR drivers. When I mean, right, I used to care. All
2: right, here you go. You can name one of the drivers this weekend. He's coming out of retirement for one day only for the, for the anniversary of 9-11 to salute the troops by driving the Hellman's mayonnaise car. And he's a big Washington football team fan. Oh,
1: Dale Jr.? Dale Jr. How about that? That doesn't seem like a sport you come out of retirement for for one day. You <laughs> what feel do you
2: like... mean you're driving a car? Yeah,
1: but, it, but it feels like it's a nerves kind of thing. You really got to be like, you know, you can't just like, come it's like, you know, if a guy came out of retirement to play one NBA game, if I put him in the corner and take a couple <laughs> shots, you're not like driving 180 miles an hour.
2: I hope it works out well for him.
1: Well, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> um, all right. Well, good luck. Who, who's the Joe Gibbs drivers these days? Is it Denny Hamlin?
2: Denny and uh, Kyle Busch. In my yeah. head,
1: that's what I, Joe Gibbs, is. Uh, you know, despite this job, yeah. d- d- Joe Gibbs is my coach. So uh, I'll go with the. Uh, coach for life. Yeah. Uh, Michael, appreciate it, man. Absolutely.
3: Ready, ready. Okay, this is Ryan Walker, instant replay with The Athletic. Um, ben, as he is want to do, walked up on me, said, hey, do you want to give some predictions, you know, on the fly? Sure, why not? Because I've had plenty of time to think about it, so this is going to be, like, very formulated, a lot of fun. Just stick with me. Um, as far as our first question goes, I think it's what, player that we're not talking about enough at this point in time. Maybe, you know, maybe it's Chris Samuel because, like, you know, who's really been talking about him? Like, come on now. Like, he's been injured. He's just, like, the most recently signed, like, star offensive player. Um, Obviously, I'm teasing. I feel like the player that we are probably not talking about enough as of right now, and I feel like this is – I don't know. I feel like this is hard to say. but I want to say Antonio Gibson, actually. Like, just watching him in the preseason game, it was a little bit different than last year when you started to see him kind of warm up towards the end of the season. I'm almost wondering, like, if – I don't know what the word is, but I feel like there's something to, like, the fact that, like, the short yardage situation, like, trying to figure out those things, um, combined with the fact, like, you have somebody like Jared Patterson, and I bring him up because, like, he's a pure runner, like, he's just somebody who, like, knows where the holes are, obviously he's been doing this for a long time, I guess I'm saying he's the player that I don't feel like we talk about enough because I'm really curious about his development, will he start to see those running lanes better, will he develop into the pass catcher that he could be, he had the same amount of catches basically as he had his last year at Memphis, but had half the yards, actually it was less than half the yards, he had, like, 700 yards, at Memphis and obviously not as many touchdown scores so I'm almost curious if he can have that big sophomore year to really help unlock what this offense's potential is because we talk about the wide receivers so much we talk about Logan Thomas in the tight end room but the other facet of this is the running game and the lead dog I feel like Antonio Gibson if he really steps back into where he was towards the end of last year before that turf toe injury I'm I'm very excited to see what this offense does with like a, a complimentary running game as well too so I feel like that's a player we don't talk about enough because I just feel like there's, I don't know, there's something there. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something there. Um, and talking about a player that I expect to have a breakout year. Uh, I mean, I feel like everybody's going to say this, but Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, I feel like are my two candidates for big breakout years. I mean, if I had to have a comeback player, I'd probably say Adam Humphries because of some of the injuries he had at Tennessee, but i say those two because, and, and then the record prediction. Then I was right last year. I got 7-9. and nine. I, I, I was still standing on that. I'm trying to think. 17-game season... I could see this team going 9-8. and eight. If I'm being optimistic, which all you guys say I always am, probably 10-7, and seven, but there are some tough games on that schedule where I feel like they're going to realize there may be a step down from some of the upper echelon teams in the league. And that's okay because it's year two under Rivera. This isn't what people expected in the first place, but I could see them getting 10 of those wins. The NFC East is... I'm sorry. I'm just watching it. It's it's still a bit of a dumpster fire at this point in time. There's still some games they should have been in there. So I say
1: there's a literal dumpster being tossed as we're saying as she makes the a dumpster fire comment.
3: I wish, you guys could see me. Like, I wish there was a video component. You guys can hear it. There's a dumpster fire. I'm not making this up. So <laughs> it's only confirming the fact that the NFC is a dumpster fire. Can they beat the Giants? Find out the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, a.k.a. Week 2, a.k.a. the Thursday Night Football Game next week, your friends. Uh, So that's my prediction is, either 9-8 or 10-7 if I'm being optimistic.
4: Hey, this is Matt Paris from the Washington Times, or also known as the unofficial host of, co-host of the Ben Standig podcast, I've been on here enough. Uh, Let's see, the thing that the player, I think, is being under-discussed, I'm going to go with an obvious one, just because we haven't talked about him. But Chase Young, you know, he's really looked incredible this summer. I think my biggest question for Washington's defense is whether they can retain that level they were a year ago, and I think it kind of starts with him. If he can take a jump in terms of sacks, if he can be just as a dominant force as he was a year ago, if not better, then i like them to repeat that kind of top five ranking. If not, maybe he doesn't create as big of an impact, maybe they take a step back to top ten. But... Staying on that same line, my subtle worry about this team is also on defense, and it's the linebackers. You know, early on in camp, I thought Jamin Davis was going to have a huge role, and I think he'll get there in time, but I, I don't see him now as that instant impact player. And maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like Washington has been going with John Bosick and Cole Holcomb a little more. Maybe Davis isn't as ready as some expected, or at least I expected him to be. But, you know, I, I'm still feeling high uh, about this group overall, and so. If I had to guess on the the, the record and famous last words, but I kind of like them to go 10-7, and 9-8. and eight. I like them to win the division again. You just look at the rest of the NFC East, where everyone's at. You have concerns about Dak Prescott, whether he can be healthy enough to finish out the season. The Giants' offensive line's a mess. The Eagles, you know, it looks like they're rebuilding. So I kind of like them, and I think the thing that we'll be talking about the most this season is that NFC East uh, stretch run, because... You know, I, it's kind of mapping out the, the season uh, predictions, just going game by game and kind of have them six and seven entering that stretch. And, you know, it, it'll go, it, it'll be really telling kind of like last year where they, they can steal it at the end. And I think it'll be kind of exciting to watch. So those are my predictions.
1: All right. Um, many thanks to Michael Phillips, Brandon Walker, Matt Paris. Thanks to you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, my plan would be to have one Sunday at some point after the game, and then we'll go from there. I, I you know, I'm going to try to do three a week. We'll see how it goes. Obviously the, 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 um, the athletic keeps me busy as this, as does this team, but I love doing the podcast and, you know, just got to figure out, um, the best way to do this over time, but hopefully we'll keep it going. The, the response has been great from you guys, uh, in terms of listens and comments and downloads. If you have any questions or subject matters or people you want me to talk to, Hit me up at Ben Standig or send me an email, at theathletic.com. That's S-T-A-N-D-I-G. Um, but that's it for now. Again, always appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Ben Standig signing off. Until next time, see ya.